Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches on the Holy Bible, our Constitution. Preach January the 1st, 2012. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. The Bible is our Constitution. Sola Scriptura. There are liars who will confess it only to deny it in their life. They refuse God's word to rule them, Jesus Christ to govern them. But in this church, our constitution is the very word of God. Sola Scriptura. I have decided to speak a brief word on what is most important to the church of God. And it's not your opinion. It's not your idea. It's not what your mother said. I notice all of a sudden people say, I think. I don't worry about what you think. I am concerned about what God thinks and what God has revealed to us in the word of God. The Bible is the constitution of the church which Christ the Lord is building. We are not governed by human words of psychology, philosophy, personal opinion or science. We are governed by sola scriptura. In this regard, we agree with chapter 1 of the Westminster Confession of Faith of 1647 that deals with the Holy Scripture. God has revealed himself to us in creation, in human conscience, and most clearly in the canon of the Holy Scriptures. In the 66 books of the canonical scriptures, God has given us infallible revelation to make us wise unto salvation through saving faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture come to us from God to be interpreted and preached by God called and appointed pastors and ministers of the gospel. It is the very word of God. Therefore, the authority and power of scripture is the authority and power of the triune God himself. When I speak, my word has my authority. When I preach the word of God, it has the authority of God himself. In the scripture, God commands all sinners everywhere to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, God's son, the only savior of the world. Those who believe are saved and those who would not believe stand condemned forever. 
In the scripture, the covenant Lord speaks to his subjects. The suzerain speaks to his vassals. He does not plead. He commands. His covenant has these elements. Preamble. Historical prologue, stipulations, sanctions, and so on. And you could read Exodus 21 through 17. It says, I am the Lord your God. That is the preamble. The Lord identifies himself. The infinite personal God I am that I am. The creator, redeemer God. Who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, is the historical prologue that tells what he has already done for us. Then comes the stipulations. They are his laws. This is the central section of the covenant. His laws we are to live by. And then comes sanctions. Blessing for those who obey God's stipulations. You are not God. You are not the authority. Not at all. You are nothing but vapor, grass. And all your glory is like the flower of grass. And you disappear soon. You are fed for a day. Blessings for obedience you read. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. And curse divine judgment for disobedience. Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68. We said it is a unilateral covenant of the great king. He doesn't discuss with you. He doesn't negotiate with you. He imposes upon you his covenant. You have no choice but to accept and live by it. He graciously enters into a saving relationship with his sinful creatures and subjects. There is no room for negotiation. You listen to that teenager. Man, he's full of pride and authority. And he knows everything. And he tells you which way you should go. And then I see 37-year-old and 57-year-old and 67-year-old telling God what to do. You will die in your sins. What is required is loving obedience. He is Lord and we are his obedient subjects. So the whole scripture is God's covenant document. True Christians everywhere submit to this governing document, this constitution. They believe wholeheartedly its verbal divine inspiration means every word is inspired. We believe 
in its verbal divine inspiration and infallibility. Its clarity, its sufficiency, its divine authority and power. The scriptures itself witness to its own divine authorship. There is no other way to prove it. Who are you to say what is to be believed and what is true and what is not to be believed? Are you God? So 2 Timothy 3.16 all scripture notice all scripture is God breathed that is God spoken and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting would you like to be rebuked corrected well the Bible does so unless you are perfect human beings always doing what is right and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Holy Scriptures make one wise unto salvation. They are clear, sufficient, authoritative, powerful to save because they are God's own word. And St. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1 verse 21 For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man But holy men spoke from God As they were carried along that is controlled by the Holy Spirit So we read Psalm 19, the Lord, the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey. From the comb by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward, sir. You cannot believe, friends, in divine trinity, creation, fall, redemption, virgin birth, resurrection, hell, heaven, new heaven, and new earth, and every miracle without believing the witness of scripture for its own divine origin and therefore infallibility. You oppose the scripture, you oppose God himself. It's every declaration is true, every promise is true, and every threatening is true. We hear the word, believe the word, and be blessed by the word. We come to the Lord with a responsive heart and say with young Samuel, Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. 
We come to the scripture in complete submission to the God of the scriptures. The spirit who is the author of the scripture enlightens us in the scripture by the testimonium spiritu sancti internum. By the internal testimony of the spirit. And so we understand divine mysteries. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him but God has revealed to us by his spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12, we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are utter foolishness to him and he cannot understand them. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. In the Holy Scripture God speaks to be heard, believed, and obeyed. It's not your mother is speaking. God is speaking. So we understand what scripture says, Holy Spirit says, God says. It is what is written. It is according to the scripture. And we read 3,808 times the phrase... The word of the Lord came. The scripture is the word of the Lord himself. Scripture then is our final authority, our constitution. We are to learn the scriptures, we are to search the scriptures, the scriptures of the Old and New Testament consisting of 66 books. There are no more authoritative revelation. We cannot add or subtract from these scriptures once for all delivered to us and has become the foundation of the church. By the authority of scripture we mean Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says by the authority of scripture we mean that property by which it demands faith and obedience to all its declarations. The authority of scripture is the authority of God which is the right to rule and control us. Saint Augustine said what scripture says God says Vox Scriptura Vox Dei. To submit to the scriptures is to submit to Christ himself. Everyone who is a true Christian must confess Jesus is Lord. And submit to the scriptures. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says reformation was fundamentally a recovery of the full and final authority of the scripture. There are three ways people oppose 
the full authority of scripture first of course is human philosophies oppose the authority of scripture second a false view of the Holy Spirit and the third way is ungodly ignorant and subjectivistic interpretation of scripture that is I think the scripture is saying this not that it is sheer selfism that vetoes the voice of God and the power of God the authority of God it is nothing less than demon possession all of a sudden you became the final authority you don't want to listen to anybody you justify every action by your own pronouncements so I will illustrate from the life of seven people this idea of the authority of scripture first is Adam and Eve God said you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat of it you will surely die and chapter 3 there is Satan he said the exact opposite that's what when I say when you contradict the Bible you are inspired by the devil himself so Satan said the opposite he gives Adam and Eve the deadly anti word of God he says go ahead eat of it you will not surely die for God knows the supporting argument for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be open that means your eyes are blind right now and you are ignorant now and you will be like God knowing good and evil see God wants to keep you an ignorant slave sin and be free shake off all authority in your life be free sin and be God sin and be a self-determining and all-knowing being but sir the word of God is all-powerful Adam sinned and he became a slave of sin and Satan and death he died so St. Paul says therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all men because all sinned number two is Noah Genesis 6 8 and following Noah a sinner found grace in the eyes of the Lord we read he was righteous and blameless and walked with God God was about to destroy the whole sinful humanity by a flood and yet save Noah's family of eight and some animals and God asked him to build an ark a boat 
450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet in height, a displacement capacity of 43,000 tons, inside capacity 1.4 million cubic feet, and 95,000 square feet of deck area. But there was no historical precedence of flood. And he built the ark, no matter, in a landlocked area. He believed God's word. He knew all things are possible with infinite personal God. He was a holy man. He separated himself with, from his, and his family from all the wicked of the world. Holiness, sir. In holy fear, we are told, he built the ark in holy fear. Do you fear anybody? We read today, Job feared God and shunned evil. By faith in God's authoritative word, he built the ark and saved himself and his family from the flood, which surely came as God said. And wiped out the entire world. Save eight people. So Genesis 6.22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Genesis 7 verse 5. And Noah did all the Lord commanded him. Do we render full obedience to God's regulative word? As Noah did. Think about it. Not partial obedience, full and complete obedience. Third, Abraham. Genesis 22 and verse 2. Then God said, take your son, your only son, the one whom you love, Isaac. See the emphasis and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I'll tell you about. No man. Has ever been tested like Abraham. In his old age Abraham by a miracle received a son of promise. Sarah was barren all her life. But in her old age by a miracle she was enabled to conceive and give birth to the son of promise Isaac. And God tested Abraham's love for God. And God tests our love for him too. Take your son. Ten times the word son appears in the first 16 verses of Genesis 22. There is emphasis on son, 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 son. Take your son, your only son, the one whom you love, the son of promise, Isaac. Sacrifice him in worship and prove your Love for me, that you love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He doesn't accept anything less than that. He travels from Beersheba to Mount Moriah, a distance of 45 miles. Mount Moriah, where the temple was later built. Isaac asked the question to his father, we have fire and wood. Where is the lamb? 
something so central to true worship is missing. Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh, God will see to it. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. Abraham and Isaac arrives at Moriah. Abraham has been thinking about this severe test of his love. But he believed in God's word. God promised me a son. He gave me a son in my old age. The Messiah is to come through Isaac. But God wants me to kill him and burn him up in worship of God. God cannot lie. God is true. Therefore God must raise my son from the ashes. So that Messiah the savior of the world could come. And he bound Isaac, placed him on the wood pile, raised the knife to kill him, and God spoke. Isaac was spared, and God provided, and God provided a ram, was sacrificed, salvation by substitution was taught. After centuries, John the Baptist would say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. Abraham believed God's word. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Abraham passed the test with flying colors. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son, and then, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Yes, Abraham, your reasoning is right. I'll spare your son. And I will not spare my son. And my son will come through his life. My word is truth. Moses. Moses was obedient to the regulative word of God. He was told to build a tabernacle. So that God can dwell in the midst of his people. Exodus 25 verse 9 make this tabernacle and all its furnishing exactly like the pattern I will show you see that you make them according to the pattern shown you on the mountain it is repeated several times you and I have no right to edit to add to subtract complete submission and total obedience is required of God's people. And so he did. You read Exodus 39. Ten times it is stated. They did as the Lord commanded Moses. Chapter 40 Exodus. Eight more times it is stated. That they did as the Lord commanded. And Exodus 39. 42, 43. The Israelites had done all the work. Just as the Lord commanded Moses. Moses inspected the work. He must make certain. That everything is done. In complete obedience. To the pattern shown. To him on Mount Sinai. 
inspected the work and saw that they had done it just as the Lord had commanded. So Moses blessed them. You see, friend, there is a blessing that will come to you when you obey God. We read in chapter 40 and verse 34, God himself examined everything and he said, yeah, they did it. What happened? Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The greatest blessing is God's presence in our life, in our family, in our church. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Joshua number five. God told Joshua, Joshua, you are to succeed Moses, my servant, and lead my people to Canaan. There are problems on your way. There are enemies. But you are to do one thing. Be careful to obey my law. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. My word is the way. It is not the broad way. It is the narrow way. Walk on it. And it will lead you to good success. Joshua 1, I do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and very successful. Know the word. Believe the word. Do the word. Obey the stipulations of the covenant Lord and you will be, sir, blessed. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law that he meditate day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its food in season. And whose leaf does not wither whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And finally Joshua is old and is dying. And he tells his successors. Joshua 23, 6, be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. And he says, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, you know, with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises of the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. The scripture is the very word of God. Josiah said, Josiah became the king when he was eight years old. His father was wicked and yet he became the most godly king in the history of Israel. So we read, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. He was completely regulated by the Holy Scriptures. At age 15, he began to seek God. 
In Chronicles, seeking God means looking to God to guide us in every situation of life. That's what it means. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. At age 19, he began reformation as a result of his seeking God. He began to purge the evil of idolatry from Jerusalem and Judah. At age 25, he began to purify and repair the temple as he began to seek God. By divine initiative, God led him to the Bible. It was lost for years, but Hilkiah the priest found the lost book in the temple and he said, Eureka, I have found. What did you find? The scriptures. It was read to him and he was convicted by it. He trembled before God. He repented. He inquired of God through Huldah, the prophetess who observed the fact that Josiah's heart was responsive toward God. But disaster for Judah cannot be averted, but Josiah would not see it when it comes. Then there was a son of his by name Jehoiah came and he took the book and page by page he burned it showing his utter contempt for the word of God from this point on he studied the Bible Josiah he went to the temple he read the Bible to the people and they renewed the covenant what a revival God is the God who sends revival he revives us he takes away our stony heart and gives us a heart of flesh a responsive heart a heart that loves God and keeps his covenant when God sends revival he without fail leads us to his book the holy scriptures and he gives us a great love to read it meditate upon it day and night he by his spirit gives us understanding of this word he gives faith to believe the word he gives the power to obey the word and we discover that his promises are true we enjoy fellowship with God which is joy unspeakable and full of glory Obedience to God's word becomes our singular passion. And four people came out of this revival of Josiah, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They governed their life in accordance with the book. So Josiah lived all his life in complete obedience to the Bible. And he celebrated the Passover as nobody ever celebrated before in full accordance with the scripture. Finally, Jesus said, Adam sinned and in him we all sinned and are born sinners. And we daily practice sin. The wages of sin is death eternal. But thank God for the second Adam, Jesus Christ. He came to fulfill all righteousness in our place. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
The purpose of incarnation is revealed in Psalm 40, 66 through 8. And we are told in the volume of the book, it is written of me. I have come to do your will, O God. And Jesus said, Moses, the prophets, the writings, and the psalm, they all speak of me that Christ must suffer and be raised from the dead so that repentance and forgiveness of sin can be preached to the whole world. Christ had to come. Christ had to suffer. That repentance and forgiveness of sins might be preached through the Gospel to the whole world. Yes, Jesus came to fulfill sir, all the will of God. He submitted to the scripture. He testified to the authority and power and infallibility and inspiration of the Holy Scriptures. He believed in the absolute authority of the scriptures. So he said it is written to the devil. And the devil left him. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it, finish it. He said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He said, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. He said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And from the cross, he said, it is finished. May God revive us. That we may seek God in every situation. May God lead us to the book, the book of life. May it be our passion to read and to obey it. Because it is not speaking about empty words. It is your very life. Take to heart. Take to heart. All the words I have solemnly declared to you this day. So that you may what sir. Command your children to obey carefully. Not beg. Not plead. Command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land. You are crossing the Jordan to possess. And Paul, at the end of his life, the last letter. This is what St. Paul tells us about the Holy Scripture. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. For the time will come, men will not put up with sound doctrine. Therefore, preach the word in season and out of season. How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Preach the word! Because the false people are going to preach your doctrines of demon. Preach the word, sir. 
for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world what is the weapons the word of god on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ let us commit ourselves afresh like josiah to seek god to love our constitution the holy scriptures to study it to preach it to live by it that we may live a holy life that we may shine as light of the world to the glory of jesus christ our sovereign we pray in jesus name amen